Oh You Thought Podcast, the place where you get a heavy dose of positivity, sarcasm, knowledge, and ratchetness. So there will not be a verse that I am rapping on this episode of the show. I really couldn't figure out what verse I wanted to do. I wanted to be a Texas rapper, but I really couldn't figure out what song I wanted to do. I really couldn't find anything that spoke to me or correlated with the the show that I'm doing this week. So I just decided to leave it off. And so, yeah, I know y'all are sad. I know y'all get a, a nice little laugh hearing me trying to, to rap or whatever. I'm doing it again already or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so you won't have that. So let's just go ahead and jump into my Oh You Thought points. Oh You Thought. Flint, Michigan, that it was a wonderful idea to put about 8,000 people on notice for foreclosure for unpaid water bills. Hmm. But the water still isn't good. And there's just been a plan formulated as of recently in order to fix the water problem in Flint, Michigan. And so why is it okay for you to think that you can put people on notice for a foreclosure or evictions or whatever scenarios because of the water bill? Like, why would they be paying, excuse me, for water that they cannot use, that is not clean? Like, some audacity of the city, the state of Michigan to do this to the residents. My thing is this. If you put together this plan to fix the water, it should be a plan in there to write off all these bills of unpaid water bills because it's just not right for the residents for them to be charged for water bills after something that has been going on for years. We're not talking about a day, a week, a month, a few months, a year. We're talking about we're a few years into this scenario, this situation with unclean water. And so I think it's really tacky and tasteless for the city of Flint to do this to their residents. It, it really just, it's like, another dagger in their face like for them to be dealing with this unhealthy water water situation having to spend money on water so they can have clean water in their house but you want to do that to them like I think that's really shaky bakey and just really ugly and just tacky so yeah I got to do this like a million times because I'm upset about this. Not upset, upset, but I feel some type of way. And so I really, really, really have to express myself on this. And some of you might be mad and some of you might think that I'm being a hater. But fuck it. I'm going to give my opinion because this is what this show is about. And so I need the whole ball family to come to the front. Like anyone that has their hands in the business deals, decisions, you need to come to the front and 
So, what, a couple of days ago now, or whenever this whole conversation started about Lonzo Ball getting his own shoe, and it's being done by themselves, which is totally fine. Like, kudos to them for wanting to not go with the big man and the Nikes, the Adidas, and all these big companies, right? And they just want to build their own brand. I I am for that. I am so for that. I am totally supportive of that idea. Because I think, like, that's the only way you can present an opportunity for longevity in anything to where you can pass this down to whoever else in your family, right? So let's, let's just make sure that's understood that I'm with them building their own brand, right? This is what I have a problem with. They revealed the shoe yesterday, day before yesterday. I'm sorry, like I'm getting my days like just totally confused. But we saw the shoe, right? The shoes are pricing out at $495, y'all. $495. Okay, ride with me on this. See the picture of the shoe? The shoe doesn't look half bad, right? It's a plain black shoe. Fine, I can roll with that if you're a shoe lover, if you support Mr. Ball and his endeavors and you just want to show love. Cool. But it's nothing spectacular about this shoe, right? So I'm just like, that shoe is not worth $500. Like, who's going to pay $500 for those shoes? Even if you have money, it's nothing spectacular about that shoe that makes you say, these are exclusive. I'm going to spend my $500. Mind you, he's had a great basketball career. But he's not even in the NBA yet. My thing is this. Make make a name for yourself in the NBA. Because what if you get in the NBA? I'm not trying to um put any bad, you know, juju on his scenario. I want him to, to be great. But what if you get in the NBA, like some of these great college players that we see, and it doesn't pan out? You end up being washed washed up and we don't hear from you after the first season, which could totally happen depending on where this young man goes. He's predicted to be uh, one of the top three picks in the NBA draft. And that's cool. That's cool. Like he deserves it. Kudos. But I just feel like the price point for the shoes is totally wrong. And they also have some slides, too. And the slides, or the flip-flops, if you're not accustomed to saying the slides, (laughs) they're about $200. How? Why? Like, the flip-flops at most, because I know you're trying to make money, maybe retail $75. They definitely should be under, under $100, right? No debate about that. Close to 200, over 200, it's too much money. You don't have a brand name like some of these other athletes, like a a Kobe and Allen Iverson. You don't have a brand to where people will buy your stuff like that, okay? So just ride with me a little bit further. 
And so I understand when you make everything in-house, and when I say in-house, I'm banking, I'm predicting or assuming that they did everything in the USFA as far as getting the shoes made and all that stuff. So that's why the cost of goods is higher, and that's why their price point is higher because they're just trying to make a hell of a gross. So with that being said, the internet goes crazy. I'm going halfway crazy with the internet because I'm just like, wow, this is what we're really doing. We're really trying to spend probably somebody's rent money on a pair of shoes, uh, grocery money and other bill money on some flip flops. Like this is what we're actually going to do right now. This is what we're doing. And I just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair to your consumer, the market that you're that you're trying to reach. Because let's let's be honest, as of right now, since he's not in the NBA, most of his fans are probably young college students or probably people that keep up with college basketball. So he's not going to have a lot a lot of uh, clientele that's like you know famous and in a big money bracket to where dropping $500 or more is nothing. And so also I get on Twitter later on today and somebody on my timeline ran the numbers and said that he became a millionaire overnight, that Ball became a millionaire overnight due to these shoes. I didn't fact check it. I don't know if I believe it, but let's say that did happen. Like, I just think it's not good to spend money like that. Like, you can do you. And even, like I said, if I had the money, I wouldn't do it. And I just, I think the thing I dislike a little bit about uh, the Ball family, or in particular, the daddy, their attitude is very arrogant. And, And it's good there again to have confidence, to believe in your kids, to instill a winner, a winner's attitude in your kids, in yourself. That's cool. But I don't like when the daddy releases a statement that says, when you're your own owner, you can come up with any price you want. It's a true statement, but it's also a kind of ignorant statement. Because, yeah, you have total control as being that businessman owning your own company and brand. But I just don't think it's smart business to to price point something so high that most of your regular clientele wouldn't be able to afford it. All those students are that that's been supporting uh, Lonzo Ball and everything, they can't afford to buy that for the most part if they're in college. So who is really your demographic? Is it really just the the ballers, as you call them, and I guess famous people? But I would like to see some receipts as far as the people, the kind of people that are actually buying the shoes. Um, is it the same dem- demographic of people that spent thousands of dollars trying to go down to the the fire festival festival is that the same demographic of people we're talking about that have nothing to lose as far as money like that's what i need to know i just i'm one of those people like if i don't understand something i need someone to help me understand and i try to look for the answers and i just think like it would just be a better 
business opportunity and I think you would still make great money if the price point was just a little bit lower even if you had it in the same you know ballpark as Jordans or the LeBrons or whatever shoes are out there that are popular I think that would make more sense but I feel like if you're not in the NBA and you're fresh out the gate $500 for a pair of your shoes is just a little bit ridiculous to me and so with that I'm done ranting on random things that I saw out in the world this week and I want to officially welcome you to episode eight of oh you thought and my name is Fallon once again and I am from Houston Texas and I hope you have been enjoying my um, podcast and you know leave me feedback and everything to let me know what you want my opinion on just whatever and so This episode is really special to me, and I'll tell you why. I am definitely a proud black woman. Everything that encompasses being black, I'm in love with it. I always say if I die and I have an option to come back and they ask me what background do I want to be, and I want to be black. I want to be African-American. I'm very proud to be that. And, And so with that, I am always that person, especially like the state of America and what it has been like for really ever. But as far as it in the last X amount of years with the the growth of social media, I make it my passion when when things are going on in the black community. I speak out about it. And when I say speak out, I speak out a lot on Facebook. And that has been my platform to to speak out about injustices against my lovely people. And so I don't care if I, I don't have a lot of friends on Facebook. I'm passionate about it. And I just like for people to have information. Yeah, we don't have to be on the picket line 24-7. That's another saying that I say. So it's cool to to laugh and to have fun. But I feel like... As a person of color, the state of America is in trouble. The state of America has been in trouble for a long time. The state of America has never gotten better. We have just placed a Band-Aid on uh, different events that have occurred during history that some people like to deny, some people like to change the narrative of history. But you can't change facts. And again, as a person of color, you definitely should make it your mission, again, to know your history, to teach your history if you have kids, to teach your history to your cousins if you're the older cousin. Like, spreading knowledge is your responsibility. I feel like as a person of color, Just like being a Christian, like when you're a Christian, your mission is supposed to be to spread the gospel, right? So I feel like as a black person, it should be in your mission statement to spread the truth of your people, to fight for the wrongs against your people, and to not be afraid of fighting for what you believe in. That should be our mission. 
And so with that, this episode has a lot of topics that have been going on in the media. And there again, people will try to negate the severity of the state of race relations in America due to the fact that we do have social media. So at any given point in time, I can see what's going on in Michigan. I can see what's going on in Florida. I can see what's going on in Europe. Like, yes, that's at our hands, you know? But even without the phones or the easy access, these kinds of events were still going on. And we heard about some of the cases A lot of the cases we have no knowledge of unless you go and you just look for these things back in the day. So I want to say to that point, let's not negate these conversations that we should be having and just say that the only reason we feel like it's a problem now, a true, true problem is because of social media. I think that's being irresponsible and you're trying to change the narrative of what has really been going on in America. And so I wanted to do an episode where I talk through what's been going on in America. I want to bring in the mental health portion of that conversation as well. Um, I want to discuss how mental health is an issue in the black community due to everything that's going on in our community. Everything that we're seeing in our community, how do we deal with that? How is your mental health? And so there again, I majored in psychology. I have a degree in psychology. And so mental health has always been a passion of mine because I suffer from depression. And so anything that I I suffer from, like I just like to learn a lot about it and so Yeah, so I just want to blend the two. I want to talk about the topics that have been going on. And then I also want to bring in mental health. So I hope you respect and enjoy this episode. Even though a lot of the topics will be heavy and sad, um, I do pick it up once I get through the topics that I want to talk about. And so... But yeah, like I said, you can't be on the picket line 24-7, so you do need to smile, laugh, and still have fun, but you still need to be about the business of your people. A positive mind equals a positive life. When you let go of all the negativity, that is the ultimate glow up. It's time for the positivity moment of the show. So the positivity moment of the show comes from one of my favorite people that I've grown to like really love and respect um, is Miss Ayana. And so on her Twitter earlier this week, I saw this quote, when something is over, it is over. Wash your hands and move on. And there again. A lot of us, including myself, will keep dealing with situations, people, things, vices, whatever it is that is not good for you. We'll keep dealing with it. Even when we're getting the signs that something is over and dead, 
We'll keep feeding it. We'll keep reaching out to something that is not good for us. And if we can just get in the habit of just wiping the slate, washing your hands, walking away and moving on, like that's a mental piece that you can definitely just get out of your brain and just create space for positive things, right? And I know you're saying, yeah, Fallon, it's so easy to say, not easy to do. I totally agree. Totally agree. And that's why there again, everything is a process. And I'm a big person on making different lists and everything, right? And so let's say I'm dealing with a situation um, I make a list about it. Like I'm good at doing pros and cons. I'm, I'll do a, a list like that. Right. And so let's say the cons outweigh the pros and then I figure out a plan to, to change it. And so let's just say, for example, I'm not talking about any relationship in particular, but let's say you're in a bad relationship. And so, you know, the person is wrong for you. Just go ahead and end it. Like, I've been in a situation where I thought, you know what? I'll just stay because I don't want to be alone. And you end up being alone anyway. So why not just cut to the chase instead of staying for six extra months and just learn to love yourself. Learn to be by yourself. Read some books. Go work out. Like, better yourself. If you take time to better yourself, you won't have time to think about why you should have stayed. You'd be so happy just thanking God that it's over and you're free. And, you know, I went through a period where I was basically single for for years. Like, just being single for years. And, um, you know, I would date on and off. But I think the longest, like, true period that I went without dealing with anyone was, like, almost two years. And I used that time to, like, just be by myself and it was like one of the most freeing and educating moments for me that I'm not afraid to go back there again to make a long story short and so I kind of I take that point to just deal with everything in life like you know things can only be bad for so long So the tables have to turn. So why not help the tables turn a little bit faster by jumping out of a situation, jumping out on faith, on something you want to do to better yourself? Like, just do it. So yeah, that's my positivity tidbit for the week. So as I stated, I wanted to kind of like bridge the gap and talk about mental health in the black community in America and just basically, I want to know how are y'all doing? Like real talk, like how are y'all doing today? How are you doing this year? 
Are you taking care of yourself mentally? May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I thought this would definitely be a good opportunity to keep talking about mental health during the month Um, on my website, OUThoughtFallon.com. I plan on trying to blog every single day. Don't hold me to that, but I'm going to blog pretty often about mental health awareness, um, studies, and just whatever I want to talk about in regards to mental health. So go ahead and check my website, OUThoughtFallon.com. I've made one post so far this week in regards to that topic. And so um, Mental Health Awareness Month started back in 1949 and so basically the month it just it wants to bring focus to to mental illnesses and they do this through different events and then also the most important thing is getting free uh, mental health screening which is very very important and it's nothing to be ashamed about if you feel something is not right And when I say something is not right, like you just feel like something is just wrong within you. That doesn't make you a bad person, a weird person, anything less than. But you know who you are and you know how you should feel. And so I just, a conversation I believe I had recently is I just, how are we doing as a people when we're seeing all these different things going on with people still being murdered by cops and cops basically getting away with murder to just the day-to-day racism that we still have to deal with. And I feel like ever since um, Trump got into the White House, it's like the people that are racist, I feel like for the most part, they've been pretty much free and out loud with how they feel about some people in this country and it's not just black people it's brown people in general it's also an issue with what people decide to worship as far as their their god and their religion so it's more than just black people but I want to focus on on my black people because I just feel like the stigma has always been that black people, we don't deal with mental issues because we're so strong. We've been through so much as a people that we have no choice but to be strong. I think our biggest coping mechanism that we have is laughing, making people laugh, making light of situations. We're always making light of situations. It could be the most horrible situation you've been through but we'll make a joke of it. Somehow, some way, we'll find a way to laugh and smile. And then my question is this, when are we gonna take that mask off? It's a burden. I know a lot of us feel like we have this heavy burden that we're carrying around every single day. And as a black woman, I understand and I accept that as a As black people, people don't like us when we walk out in the streets. But as a black woman, I understand that our black men, our black brothers, they have it so hard because every time they go out into the world, they are looked at and viewed as a threat. 
they're dangerous. They're thugs if they wear a hoodie. Like, our black men have all these labels. And the first line of the the first line of defense is always to hurt and kill them. So I know our black men, they carry around a lot that they do not express. But as a people, we have to learn how to really cope with this stuff because just having conversations with people out in the world and black men, a lot of people are just fed up and unhappy. And that really should not be the story for us. Like in 2017, 2017, we should be at a point in the black community where we are accepted by everybody in this country. We've been here long enough. We've done everything they said. And that's always a conversation that I have with other black people about the hoops that we have to jump through in order to be successful and accepted in their eyes. And when I say they and their, you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the racist people in this world. And so we have to cope with all of this. Go to college, make good grades, get out of college, you'll get a good job. Okay, you get hired at a company, but you're still not getting paid what someone else that looks different than you is getting paid. Or you may not get moved up when someone said that you were going to be a manager, but other people are moving up. And you start to question, well, is it because I look different? Is it because they don't like me? Well, I did everything they said. How come I don't have that job? And a point I brought up, I think, last episode, black women not getting paid like other people. So how come I'm not getting paid like Miss Barbara over there? But I have more credentials than her. I trained her. But she has more money. She's making more money than me. See, that's the stuff that we continue to deal with in our community. And we have to put on a brave face. I also talked about last week that the new face of depression is the black, strong female. And I totally get that. But I think collectively, it could easily be black people in general. We carry around so much. We carry around so much. And we're always looked at to be the bigger person with everything. And we're always the ones that welcome everyone to the barbecue. You know what I mean? Like we let everyone come to the table, but we can't come to your house. Or when we leave your house, you talk about us. Or you put us in a general box. You think everyone that wears a hoodie is a thug. You think all black women are good for is pleasure and pumping out pretty babies. But we're not good enough to have a legitimate seat at your table. And so these are things that I feel like in order for us to just have mental peace, because we're going to have to still put on the armor and deal with all this stuff because it's not getting any better. And there again, even with the good old fight of trying to 
make relationships better between how we're treated in a simple traffic stop. That's a fight. And they tell us how we can protest. But we live in a country where we can protest peacefully. And when we do that, it's wrong. When we take a knee at a football game, we're not hurting anybody. We even came out and said that it's no disrespect to the people who have served this country. But it's still not good enough. We're still bad. He shouldn't have a job. He shouldn't play football. And when you say, and when I say he, you know who I'm talking about. Talking about Colin Kaepernick. And so these are things that we constantly deal with. And I can say, I'm tired. I'm tired of every time I turn on the TV, I see something new. Every time I get on social media, I see something new. I'm tired. And so I want to challenge my black brothers and sisters to make sure, number one, that you yourself, you are mentally well. Do a mental check and see how you are actually doing with everything that's going on in America. See how you're doing with everything that's going on with your family. Make sure your family is straight. How are you doing in your mess that you deal with every day that no one knows about that you go to bed with? How are you doing? Okay, do a a mental health check on yourself and then see what you come up with. But I wanna challenge all of my black brothers and sisters to just, to stay strong, but to be aware that it's okay to not be okay, but just don't stay there and make sure you get help, make sure you talk to someone and make sure you deal with it in the proper manner because we just, we need everyone to be good so we can fight the good fight. And so the first um, update that I want to talk about in regards to what's been going on between the black community and cops. So the Walter Scott murder that happened, um, he was unarmed and he was shot in the back as he was um, going away from the ex-cop, Michael uh, Slager. Um, I don't even like to say these cops' names anyway. Whenever we have these murder situations that happen because I just feel like I don't want to give their name any kind of power. But Walter Scott, he was murdered. Uh, This ex-cop, when the situation happened, he falsified his report. He planted evidence. All this stuff has been documented that he has done. And so... We get notified that he's only going to plead guilty to the civil uh, rights case. And so basically he took a plea deal. And so I'm assuming because he still has like federal cases um, that are pending. I'm thinking because of the plea deal, it might take away the option for death row. 
the death penalty. And so even with that, even with him, him pleading guilty, what is the what is the limit on the time he can get if found guilty? Is he going to be able to get away with this? Like a lot of these cops have. Will justice actually be served in this case? And I just think, it, like I said, I think it just, with him taking the plea deal, it just takes the option of the table, off the table for him to, to be uh, on, to take away the death penalty. And so that does not make me happy. But then again, circling back to mental health, and no, let's not even take it to there. Let's talk about the strong black woman. Uh, Walter Scott's mother, um, God bless her. Um, she came out and said that he admitted that he did it. That's enough for her. And so I'm not even going to lie. I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. When I saw that statement from her, I was mad. I was mad that she said that. Like, I get it. And there again, this is where our relationship with God comes into that. And I can even see my mother saying something like that. Like, that's just God walking with you. But if that would have been my son, I'm still riding until the very end as far as, okay, well, I'm I'm glad he pleaded guilty. But now we have to make sure he gets the the punishment that he deserves. Like that would have been my narrative, but it's it's definitely not my place to to say anything as far as that. But I felt some type of way when I saw her statement. It's just like I feel bad for her because of course she lost her son and she's being so so strong. But I just it could not be me. Um, Alton Sterling. Now, this was the the situation in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana, where he was outside of a store selling CDs, right? And so, basically, the DOJ is not charging the officers um, with murder in this case. And when I saw the press release come out, Sadly, I was not even shocked. And and that is so sad because we are so used to things not going in the right direction for these situations where these men are losing their lives for no reason. And I will always say in situations like this, like, if you feel you have a reason where you can really arrest these these people you are killing, just make sure they get to jail so they have the opportunity to go to court and fight their court case. They can't they can't fight when they're dead. And the people fighting on their behalf, like, it's not enough because we're not getting the returns that we want in these murder cases. And I will keep saying murder because these men, they were murdered. And it it hurts my soul to have to to have to keep reading these updates and seeing new murders happening every single day 
And I don't think I've seen one outcome that I was 100% happy about. And if y'all can remember any situations where it 100% came out the way it should have, please let me know because I can't think of anything. And so I live in Texas. And so over the past weekend um, in an area near Dallas, Texas, a young man still in high school, still a baby, Jordan Edwards, he was murdered by a cop. He was simply leaving a party and basically the cops were called basically saying that there were a lot of unruly and drunk children in the neighborhood, right? And so as a cop, how do you just pull up and just start shooting into a car that's driving away? Driving away, not speeding away, driving away. And so... When we first heard about this story, the cop tried to to pull the narrative that the car was driving towards him, that the car was basically um, a weapon coming towards him. So that's why he shot in the car and shot um, Jordan in the head. How? How is that an okay narrative? You know that you're going you're showing up to a situation where it's a party full of young people. So you're just going to pull up shooting young people? How do you just pull up like that? How do you not try to assess the situation before pulling out your guns? They didn't pull guns out on you. They were driving away, which has definitely been proven after the fact. So this cop lied. He was fired. Whoopee. Um, as of today, um, they have a warrant out for his arrest. So hopefully this case will go right. I'm always optimi- optimistic that the case will go right. I'm, I try to be optimistic. But we need to get justice for this young man. We need to get justice. Uh, moving on to the sports world in regards to racism. Adam Jones, a baseball player, playing out in Boston, got called a nigger. Like, how was that okay in 2017? And this is a narrative that upsets my soul that I recently had a conversation with someone about. And it's the whole narrative narrative of racist white people racist whoever people that go to these sporting events like football baseball basketball they pay their money and I feel like and see this is why it's so hard being a black person because sometimes you can't overthink scenarios but I'm pretty sure some racist people look at it like this and it's just like good old boys out there performing for us Paid our good money to see this nigger perform for us. And so he better perform. And so you you think you have a right to just talk to these players any kind of way. And it's and it's not okay. Just because you pay your money, that is not okay. And so Adam Jones, he wanted more to be done than the fan being um, thrown out of the stadium. And I totally agree. Like in situations like that, it should be like, 
a hate crime. Like they should get charged, fined, all that good stuff for being so hateful. And so if we start throwing the book at these hateful people, maybe we can get some peace in this world and the narrative will change for a lot of things. But like I said, it's just, it's story after story of this. Another thing that happened this week, uh, American University elected their first black woman as the SGA president. And she happens to be in the sorority, um, AKA, which is uh, historically black. And the AKAs on campus became the target of racist violence. And when I say violence, I mean uh, bananas were um, found hanging from nooses. And if you understand what that means, a lot of racist people like to equate that black people are monkeys or apes. And so you're, you're at a university. It's 2017. We're supposed to be diverse. We're supposed to be accepting and happy. But you have hateful people like that in the world that just don't want anyone to be happy. They want to be hateful. Like it's it's too much energy to be hateful. And it makes me very sad that this young lady and the AKAs had to go through that. Stupid. It's so stupid. And so yeah, like seeing all of all of these topics and more, like it changed my mood this week too. Like I've been pretty low the last few days because I just I don't understand why they don't like us and that's a question I ask so much lately why don't they like us why aren't we enough why does skin color matter but you love our culture though that's always my rebuttal but you love our culture so with all that sad stuff I want to go ahead and transition into some happier stuff, some ratchet stuff. Um, Colin Kaepernick, um, he took the time out to donate some new suits to some new parolees in New York City. And I thought that was just so beautiful. We just, we just need to keep glowing up Kaepernick. And I, I pray if he so chooses to want to play football still, I pray that he finds a team that will take him in and I, I pray that he wins a Super Bowl. Um, that's my wish for him because he's such a wonderful soul. Uh, 50 Cent, he's going to try his hand at hosting a late night variety show on BET. And when I heard this, I didn't really know how to feel. Like 50 Cent, he's really funny and petty. So I can only imagine what the what the variety show is going to be like. Is it going to be like just... A late night show with like a Dave Chappelle vibe. So I'm interested in seeing how that is going to turn out. Young Thug. Do we want to hear Young Thug uh, doing a R&B, a singing album produced by Arbery, a.k.a. Drake? Do we want to hear that? I don't know. Um... Because none of these guys are singers. And there again, Drake, when he puts together his his songs where he's singing, like, 
he's singing in one flat melody. There's no levels to it. He's not going to like break his throat trying to sing. So I don't know if I'm too interested in hearing Young Thug sing. Are we going to be able to understand him? Because what the only verse to date that I've been able to understand was the verse he had on Drake's album, which I love that verse. That's, that would probably be the only verse I will ever love love from Young Thug. So I don't know, but we'll see. Now, a person that I really, really love, Prince. They're going to re-release the Purple Rain soundtrack. I'm so excited about this. It will be happening on June the 23rd. It's a little bit later than they wanted to release it, but nonetheless, it's coming out. It's about 33 years later since the uh, soundtrack was released in the 80s, and so... I can't wait for that. Um, I saw the pre-order um, option on Apple Music, and it has so many tracks. And so I can't wait to hear that. Like, I cannot wait. I'm going to be so excited. It's like, okay, most of the songs I've heard, but they're saying it's a lot of songs that we haven't heard. So I am so ready. So the last thing that I want to talk about as far as like what, went on this week is the Joe Button and Little Yachty interview that happened on the complex show that he is on called Everyday Struggle, I believe, right? And so the internet went crazy when they saw these clips of Joe Button yelling at Yachty and the main clip that got all the focus as to why people started tearing Joe Button apart was the clip where Little Yachty was just basically saying that he's happy. He's happy all the time. He's blessed. He's thankful. Like all those great things, right? And I get it. And Joe Budden's rebuttal was, no, you're lying. You can't be happy all the time or whatever. And so they go at it. And that's the clip that we see. And so everyone's like, so Joe don't want nobody to be happy. This is why Joe wasn't successful. This is why Joe is only pump it up. Joe Button, like all these things. And this is a good example of having the right perspective as far as knowledge. Yes, we all can have our opinions. And yes, we all have the right to transpose them the way we want to. But if you don't have all the facts, then you might end up looking a little crazy. And I say that because um, if you watch the whole interview, which it was a really, really, really good interview, um, we see that... They, he really explained himself as far as what he was saying. And as far as the being happy thing, I agree. You can be a happy person in general, but you're going to have your peaks and valleys where something might happen that day. Now, it may not turn your world upside down, but you might be like, you know what? I'm still blessed and that's fine. But for you to say like, you never feel any type of way. I think that's, that's, that's just not believable. Because even myself, I'm a positive person, but I still have my days like you're being human. And so the part that really disturbed me the most in this interview was when they got to the question about uh, being in a 360 deal and he asked him straight up. So are you in a 360 deal? 
And the look on little Yachty's face explained it all. He had no clue what a 360 deal was, what it means, if he's in one. But he kept saying he was a good businessman. Got this great lawyer, great team, great record label. I'm rich now. I have all these cars. Bum, bum, bum. But that's right now money. Everything he has going on right now I guarantee you it's right now money. And I guarantee you everything that he has going on money-wise, they have taken a piece of every single thing. And so don't call yourself a good business person if you don't know the business. And then as far as the new school, old school debate that was presented in this conversation, I just think as a old hip hop head myself, I think what Joe was basically just trying to say, like, so like me, for example, I wanted to be a doctor. So I wanted to learn everything in the world that I could about medicine. That's just having the respect for the the job that you want, the career that you want. So if you are a rapper, I feel like you should know who different rappers are. You should know and respect different rappers. You should have a respect for giving people bars or knowing what kind of music to put out and to understand your place. And I just I just felt like that Joe was just trying to say the the rap game needs to be respected. It needs the culture needs to be respected. Y'all need to take care of it because we we are just now getting to really the point where the older rappers are in a position where they need to retire. And so we have our J. Coles and our Kendricks and everything, but who else is going to take the baton to keep hip hop going in a good direction? And I think that's all that Joe Budden was trying to say in regards to that debate. And so if you haven't seen the whole uh, interview, please go watch it. And there again, if you don't know Joe Button, listen to his podcast every week. Go back and start from episode one. Like Joe Button is the same episode one to episode where they had 110. So yeah, I'm about that Joe Button life, <laughs> as you can see. But yeah, he's being Joe. So yeah. Man, I've had diabetes for about 20 years. I stay active and I feel pretty good most of the time. See, I do a few simple things now. Not perfect, but I try and watch my diet and exercise, and I check my blood sugar. It's time for the Diabetic Informational Corner. Diabetic Corner for this week. So last week, I explained what different types of diabetes diabetes were, and so now I just want to quickly go over what your blood sugar level should be. So as soon as you wake up in the morning, which is considered fasting because you didn't eat during the night, your sugar should be at about 100. And before a meal, it should be at about 72, 130. I just want to say when I first became a diabetic about almost 20 years ago, the the levels were different. They were a little bit higher as far as what you could have. And so now, so now like the standard of what a good sugar level is, is different. And so a lot of you older diabetics probably don't know that if you're just running on old information. And so after you eat, your blood sugar should be about 180. Before you go to bed, 
it should be between 100 and 140. And so keep that in mind, even if you're not a diabetic and you have someone test your sugar randomly, you should know where you should fall um, with your blood sugar level. So knowing that is definitely important to being healthy, keeping your eyesight, keeping your limbs, your blood sugar operates in all of that. So be mindful. It's that time. One gotta go. Which one is it? Oh, in the one gotta go segment for this week, I'm pulling out Jay-Z. I'm pulling out three of his albums and one of them has to go. And so first up, I have Reasonable Doubt, classic album. All the albums I have listed are classic albums. Takeaway songs from this album, Can't Knock the Hustle, Dead Presidents 2, Can't I Live, my favorite. So that's, those are the takeaway songs. The Blueprint, takeaway songs, Takeover, You Don't Know, Heart of the City, motherfucking song cry the best hip-hop love song ever don't at me don't debate me on this renegade breathe easy now do you notice how many takeaway songs i had already on the blueprint in comparison to reasonable doubt so yeah (laughs) this is gonna be hard the last one the black album takeaway songs what more can i say They don't paint pictures. They just trace me. Every time I hear that line, I lose my mind. Like, (laughs) PSA and Lucifer. Those are my personal takeaway songs. So who am I getting out of here? When I first put the list together, I thought, easy. I'm going to get rid of the blueprint based on the fact that Eminem ate him alive on Renegade and this is always my statement in life in regards in regards to music never let someone else get on your song and do better than you never ever and Eminem got on that song and after he was done we were like okay this shouldn't have been on the blueprint. <laughs> this should have been like a bonus or something, or it should have been on Eminem's album. So I thought because of that, I would get blue, get rid of the blueprint. And then I was like, well, I came to love Reasonable Doubt later in life because I love, 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 can I live? So it has to stay. So I think... And I never thought I would say this. I think I'm gonna have to go ahead and get rid of the Black Album. But that that line holds so much weight. I don't know. But yeah, so the Black Album has to go this week. So yeah, if y'all have other ideas on things you want me to talk about in regards to One Gotta Go, let me know. Email me at outhoughtfallon at gmail.com. I keep it trill because I'm from the South Side. I plan to rep the South till the day that I die. I, that's so Houston. That's so Houston. That's so Houston. So I have a couple of things I want to talk about 
um, this week um, in regards to preparations for Mother's Day. The city is having the amazing Mother's Award. And basically, the award is going towards a deserving single mother in the Houston area. And it's going to be held at Up and Down, which is located in the downtown area, on Thursday, May the 11th. So um, if you look this event up, you can submit people for the award. So if you have time and you know a single mother that is deserving of this title in the city, go ahead and submit them. Now, if you are from Houston, most of you are insanely in love with this man, Zero. Y'all feel he can do no wrong. He has the best bars. And yeah, he represents Houston, right? So allegedly, he's dropping his last album. And when I say last, that means he's done. He's not rapping anymore. It's over. It's done. And so it's called No Love Boulevard. And people are saying that this is possibly his last album because he's kind of just disappointed, frustrated with the music business and basically his music not getting the widespread recognition that he feels it deserves which tends to happen to a lot of good Houston rappers or Texas rappers in general like we'll pop for a little bit and then something happens to where it just fully can't connect and so I can understand that um he was expecting for his record sales to be a little bit higher last year for drinking and driving and then he released another album in 2016 legendary and so he basically said i've turned in great bodies of work but when motherfuckers take it and leave it on the shelf i don't like that shit which i totally agree like he's not a bad rapper like he's definitely not my favorite houston rapper but i get why people like him so much and he should be very popular what he's talking about transcends in other places other than Texas and Louisiana, which, you know, Texas music, it tends to just stop right there. It may go to Georgia, but typically it's like Texas, Louisiana. That's it. So I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. If I stop saying the word nigga, how am I going to describe nigga shit? So... I got some stuff I need to get off my heart and the dumb nigga shit area. And y'all got to just bear with me, especially when I get to the last one. These other two is pretty trivial compared to the last one. Because if you know me, you know why I'm feeling some type of way. And I thought, you know what? I'll put it at the top of the show for, oh, you thought. I was like, nah, mm-mm, no, I need to fully be able to read them in this section. And see, I'm I'm heated because I can't even get through the first two because I'm so focused on this last one. So let me go ahead and get started so I can read these hoes at the end. So a woman in Florida was charged with prostitution, y'all, for agreeing to have sex for $25 and some McNuggets, y'all. That's what her her uh, vagina is worth, 25 and some nuggets. And that's it's pretty comical. Some of the stories you hear about prostitution and what they will accept for the cause. 
my other dumb nigga shit moment. Um, Beyonce is coming out with a a, a box set, a, a book, and uh, a vinyl uh, option of the Lemonade album, which turned a year um, this year. And no, I'm not dragging Beyonce for for the box box set. That's uh, is it six hundred dollars? Not dragging her for that. Um, this is not about Beyonce at all. I love Beyonce. I'm not a Beyonce stan, but I love and respect Beyonce. Love the, the Lemonade album. So no, Beehive, don't come for me. It's not a knock at Beyonce at all. Um, I was on Twitter and I saw someone set up a GoFundMe account to get the Lemonade box set, which there again, don't knock your hustle. But is it really that serious? Like if you can't afford it, don't do a GoFundMe. Like, I feel like the GoFundMe uh, fundraisers have taken a left turn, like, a long time ago. Like, people are just always trying to get random things. Like, I think we should leave this avenue for people who really need the help to pay for surgeries, funerals, important things. But, yeah. um, Yeah. In regards to Beyonce versus, like, Lonzo Ball, this is different because that's a a price point that people will pay for Beyonce because she is a household name. Now, there again, like I said, I love Beyonce. If I had the money, I still don't think I would buy that. I'm a very cheap person. So when I do become a millionaire, I'm going to live like I live right now, which is not bad. I'm thankful for the things that I have, but I just... I don't know. I, I And I love to shop too. But I think if I could just get the vinyl somehow, I would take the vinyl. But I don't need the book and everything. So, yeah. But all y'all that's getting ready to buy that, enjoy and let me know how it is. But it's not for me. So my last dumb nigga shit. I found this today before I started recording. And some of you probably will feel some type of way and say, why is she mad? But I'm going to explain first before I bring up what I found. Now, the segment is called dumb nigga shit. Background. I am not a fan of using the word nigga. Okay. I don't like the N-word, right? And so I do believe it's a word that should only be used by black people. But I do not go around calling my friends, what up, nigga? Like, I don't talk like that. I I just don't. It just sounds silly for me to say it. And that's why I say it in this segment. There again, my best friend picked this segment out (laughs) for this show. Because he knew I would sound crazy saying the word. And so, yeah. So if you really know me in real life, you know I don't go around saying this word. Because I have definitely been that person on my soapbox saying that we as black people should stop using this word, right? But I still accept that we use the word. But I just want to see black people using the word if this word is going to exist. So stay with me and follow me. And so... I don't want it to come across like I'm being hypocritical or whatever because that's not what this is or whatever. Because like I said, I do not use this word in my everyday life. This is the most I've used this word ever by doing this podcast. 
And so I'm very serious about this. Like this part of the show is supposed to be fun and funny, but this is also a teaching moment. I feel that I need to have a conversation and give my true thoughts on the N word. And so those are my thoughts. Um, But yeah, I don't go around policing people that look like me saying they shouldn't say it, but I get offended when people think they are cool enough or it's okay enough or one of their black friends said it was okay. Because there again, there is a, a history behind the word. The ER, we always say, is the, the negative one. The the GA is the one we've accepted into our community. There again, us being black people and coping trying to change a negative into a positive so we use that word and so I roll with that to make it okay in my head but I just choose not to use it to address anyone that I know and then also there again the dumb nigga shit is not just for black people because there again like it's just dumb stuff that anyone can do and so you don't get that title as far as this podcast and so get on Twitter and I'm scrolling, trying to decompress before I record. And this young lady posted a picture that she found on Instagram of these two young ladies, these two white young ladies um, getting ready to graduate from high school. And so they, they're doing their graduation picture and it's the two of them with their back to the camera and they're facing a lake and they're holding on to this little chalkboard and it says, Nigga, we made it. And of course, if you're in hip hop culture, you know that is a reference to the J Electronica Jay Z song, Nigga, We Made It. Uh, or was, who was the, was it first done by someone else? I don't know. But basically, it's a song, Nigga, We Made It. And I've even used that soundbite for one of my practice episodes. But yeah. Two white young ladies using that phrase. <sighs> and here again, I dislike when people that look like me get online and they make passes for situations like that. I do not like to see a non-brown person, a non-black person, really, to be honest, use that word. And so there's people making excuses for the the young ladies in the in the uh, on the post and everything saying, oh, they're just quoting a song. Oh, they're just quoting a song. Oh, they should have the right to say it. And all these other things. I'm just like, no, like if we're going to use that word, we need to have the power to say who uses it and who doesn't. And if we can't control that, then nobody should use the word. And that's where I always get my stance on that no one should use the word because if we can't stop everybody from saying it that doesn't look like us, then we we don't need to say it. So we don't keep having these same conversations, these same debates on who can say the word and who can't. Who's a cool kid and who's not a cool kid that can use the word nigga. Like, I'm tired of that narrative to be quite honest and I don't even like to get in those debates but when you have a picture like this on Instagram for your friends to see because I believe they said that 
the lady's account is uh, private. So all your friends, which I'm assuming some, some black friends and some other people of color friends on your list. Like, that would just... I would unfriend these ladies. Like, they wouldn't be my friends anymore on Instagram or wherever they posted it. Like, I just couldn't do it. Like, we can't keep doing stuff like that for the culture. They're doing that for the culture because they think that's hip-hop culture. They think it's cool culture. They think that's our culture as far as that's what we think is cool. So that's why they, they gravitate towards our culture when it's convenient, when it's cool for a picture but when it's not cool where are y'all at when the situations that we deal with on a day-to-day where are y'all at and yes of course I'm not ignorant I know every white person is not racist and all that stuff and I know there are some white people that are totally down with the cause I know there's some whoever else down with the black cause I know that but this is this is a fair question, a fair statement. Like when you appropriate what you think is our culture. And when I say what they think, they think our, they think hip hop is the black culture and hip hop is a movement. And yes, it belongs to us. It's a part of our culture, but our culture is documented in history We come from kings and queens, whether some of you, why is my phone talking to me? (laughs) Um, I didn't even touch my phone. That's so weird. That's very weird. I did not touch my phone. But yeah, the point I was trying to make, make is our history is mainly the stuff that a lot of people like to deny didn't happen or that's our culture. Like. Culture is just more than just being hip and cool. Like, it's more to to culture than that. And so I was very disappointed when I saw that picture. I was more disappointed in the fact that people were saying, oh, it's cute, it's fine, all this stuff. Let them have fun. It's just a song. All those shenanigans. And this is why we still have issues that we have today, small issues. And this is why people get you know, beat up on site because you think it's all right to say the N-word and then you get around someone you're not cool with and you out here bopping and whatnot saying, what up, my nigga, like all this stuff. And then you get beat up on site for stuff like that. So that's what I'm just saying. Like, mind your P's and Q's. Like, just mind your P's and Q's. And I dislike that picture. So, yeah. So that's all I have for this show. I ran late again. I still have more stuff to talk about. So I have to cut some stuff out for y'all because I didn't want to keep going. And plus, you know, it's Friday night. I still need to work on this to upload tonight. So it's technically still Friday when y'all get this. And plus my Rockets play tonight. And so I got to get ready for that. We start at 830. We'll get a W at the house at the Toyota Center. So if you're not running with the Rockets, what are you doing with your life? Um, I'm going to have a special sports episode that hopefully I get to release next week. And hopefully I can do it with um, my best friend because um, I really want to dive into the the free agency conversation. Um, so I want to talk about that. And then, of course, 
whatever else is going on in the sports whenever we record that episode. So hopefully that'll be coming to y'all next Friday. If not before next Friday, it's like a little bonus. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Like I said, I'm trying to do daily blog posts for Mental Health Awareness Month. So go to my website, ouyouthoughtfallon.com to see that. And then um, I'm also going to be starting something new as far as my love of music. Um, If you've been listening up until this point, first episode in, I told y'all how I'm so in love with music. Music is my life. And so I want to start creating different playlists and I'm going to put them on SoundCloud. So be on the lookout for that. I already started thinking of different ideas as far as what kind of playlists I want to put together for y'all. And I promise y'all, every time I come out with one, you're going to get to know me a little bit better just by understanding the kind of music that I like. And so I hope that y'all really dive in and go over to SoundCloud and check it out when I start doing it. And then, um, I might get to a point to where I do the list on YouTube and then maybe do some lists on Apple Music. So when I start shooting the information out to y'all, just take a listen, free your mind, relax and listen to some good music because I'm definitely not going to lead you in the wrong direction. Um, I just want to say thank you again. Um, Some of the beats that you hear on this podcast, they come from... Um, the Passion Hi-Fi, and if you like what you hear, you want to hear more, it's the Passion Hi-Fi, H-I-F-I dot com. I want to say thank you for subscribing. My numbers are continue to grow every single day. I'm so blessed and I'm so happy to have people actually listening to my voice, waiting to hear from me every single week. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. My Twitter is flourishing. I'm happy about that. And like I said, if you know where I started as far as my followers, like I barely used to get on Twitter. I I would get on Twitter just to see the hot topics and that's it. Like I wasn't really interacting, but I'm really putting in work on Twitter. And so if you're not following me on Twitter, follow me pretty and smart 81. That's pretty the letter N smart 81. That's on Twitter. Follow me on IG. Let's get my IG popping. IG is OUthoughtFallon. Um, if you want to check out my website, OUthoughtFallon.com. If you want to email me, OUthoughtFallon at gmail.com. If you are subscribing through iTunes, please, please, please take the time to go rate my podcast, leave comments. I am now at... I'm at four weeks that I have to get on the new and noteworthy section of iTunes. So please, y'all, help me get to that page. Like, I, I really am putting in the work. Like, when I say I'm out here trying to connect and network with people on a daily, I'm doing the work because I am passionate about what I have going in this podcast. And so if you like what you hear share my podcast with other people. When I post stuff about my podcast, share it to other people. If you have something going on that you want me to promote, I would love to promote it for you and just show love so we can show love to each other. And and yeah, so I just hope you really enjoyed this show and I will talk to y'all next week. Until next time, remember to glow up, bless up, stay prayed up, and hold it down. Hold it down. Hold it down.
cuenta 